0: She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and pilots, and from traveling around the world. This episode, we have about half stories about my November Africa trip and half airplane stories we hear about. Lions, life vests, doctors, crew rest, hippos. Soap and body odor, <laughs> the music from the show I recorded at the Kenna Beach Hotel in Zanzibar. Let's get on with the show. I was talking to a new flight attendant in the galley, and uh, there was a guy flight attendant who was quite a bit senior to me, and I was telling the young girl, I'm like, you know, they didn't, we didn't have cell phones. When I started, we had beepers. He goes, oh, I... I I started before that. It's like before there were pagers or beepers, you had to basically stay home when you're on reserve, when you're on call, because you didn't have any way for scheduling to get a hold of you. So he said before he became a flight attendant, and one of the reasons he became a flight attendant is that he lived in an apartment complex in a city with a big airline hub. And he said, I'd be at the pool and there'd be these beautiful women in their bikinis and bathing suits like a whole bunch of them but he said the weird thing was they had a phone with like a 500 foot phone cord that <laughs> went from one of the apartments <laughs> he said and i i was he said before i found out they were flight attendants i'm like what are these beautiful women doing with this phone with the with the unbelievably long phone cord but this is they would tell scheduling they would call scheduling and say they'd be at this number they had bought this really 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 long phone cord so that they could sit out at the pool together and he said every once in a while the phone would ring and one of them would be like ah got to go to work and he decided that that was a place he wanted to work with women who looked like that episode I was saying sometimes in Africa the rules or your itinerary or whatever are a little loosey-goosey. So it's the first day of my game drive in Salu. Very excited and surprised that I have my own vehicle driver and guide. That was my my safari wasn't even that expensive. I just think there's not that many people in that park or tourists. Anyway uh, so it's time for the briefing in the car before we go in the park and my guide who's super nice young guy says uh okay so you cannot get out of the vehicle we have wild animals that can be dangerous you cannot get out of the vehicle so keep hold of your stuff cuz like say you drop your camera or your hat it might just be lost cuz you cannot get out of the vehicle okay i'm good with rules i'm like got it don't drop anything no problem and then he says uh if you have to go to the bathroom, just let us know and we'll let you out. And I'm thinking, hold on. If I drop my camera, it's gone because you can't get out of the vehicle. But if I have to go to the bathroom, I can get out of the vehicle and go in the bush? Okay, this doesn't make any sense to me. And so the first day, we're with other cars. And there's a bunch of, I mean, when I say bunch, there was like 10 giant crocodiles and 20 hippos and birds and so there's of the cars that are there in the park are all there to see all these animals that congregated in one spot all the other cars leave they're on the day trip so they have short amount of time they got to try to see everything and because I have two days we're going to stay there and so you know I'm taking pictures and then we go to drive away and the car's stuck Mm -mm -mm -mm. So immediately the driver gets out, and he's looking at the tires, and my guide gets out, and I'm thinking, hey, weren't we not supposed to leave the vehicle? Hello? Aren't the, there's hippos and crocodiles, which are both dangerous. Um, all right. And my guide would always say, um, if you respect the animals, the animals will respect you. Okay? All right. But you said not to get out, and now you're out. <laughs> And I'm alone in the vehicle. And the guy's going out in the forest looking for wood. Oh, okay. All right. Day two, um, on the itinerary, it says hot springs, natural hot springs. And he tells me the day before, bring your stuff for swimming. Again, this seems strange to me that we go way into the park. There's no other vehicles. Uh, he says, first, let me look to make sure there's no animals. Okay. He gets out. Okay, it's all clear. You can come down and change into your swimsuit. Again, I'm thinking, well, should I be changing into my swimsuit? Basically getting naked where you're not supposed to get out because of the wild animals. But okay, when in Salou, <laughs> I get into my bathing suit. He gets in the water. We're the only ones in this really pretty waterfall, natural hot springs that, you know, Oh, that's nice and relaxing. Hot springs. Well, no, it's not relaxing because there were fish in there biting at me. And I'm like, ah, Ah! Ah!" he's like, oh, they're not going to hurt you. I'm like, yeah, but they're biting me. Ah!" I'm thinking, this is not, (laughs) this is not (laughs) relaxing. Okay. Cut to that night. You have a whole day in the uh, game drive. You know, you get up early and you're gone all day. And um, then there's, petting bush pigs with the mass eye at night. There's a lot going on. And so now I get to my room and the room is hot, but I need to go to sleep. And I see in the bathroom, this giant spider. When I say giant spider, uh, like the size of my palm and it looks scary. Um, he doesn't look like a friendly, easy spider, but I also don't really want to kill it all day. I've been admiring animals. Um, I don't know what kind of spider it is. And so if you respect the animals, the animals will respect you. So I said to the spider, I said, hey, I don't want to try to catch you to put you out. I don't want to kill you. So I respect you. And please don't bite me. Okay. <laughs> Went to bed, never saw him again. So I think it worked. I was sitting on the jump seat going to work and I was sitting with... We have a lot of, a lot of new flight attendants, and one had been flying two months and one had been flying five months and they're so cute. And I like talking to the new people, but also it's been so long since I've been in training that some of the things they get taught in training, I have not even ever heard of before. So <laughs> we're on the flight and the one says, um, it's time to nag and bag. Another one just jumps up off the jump seat. And I was like, it's time for what? And they're like, nagging bag. And I'm like, uh, what's nagging bag? And they're like, well, they taught us it in training. I'm like, they taught you nagging bag in training? And they're like, yeah, you know, on um, final descent, when you have to take your trash bag and you have to nag everybody to bring their seat backs up, <laughs> put their tray tables away. It's called, of course, nagging bag. So my, the first place I was staying was in Nungwi. It's in the north. And I had done my research, so I knew that it was kind of touristy, but it had the really beautiful beaches. And it really does have really beautiful water, beautiful beaches, great snorkeling. And I like took a walk along the beach, and the one Maasai said to me, You have hair like a baby lion. I like it. And I was thinking, well, I've never heard that before. I have hair like a baby lion. So the snorkeling was great. There were starfish everywhere, like three or, I think I saw five different kinds of starfish. And at the first place, I was only there two nights, but um, I realized, and it was going to be like a theme for the rest of the trip. There's lots of starfish, and then there's passion fruit everywhere. There's like passion fruit juice, passion fruit pudding, passion fruit cake. I thought about calling this episode Starfish and Passion Fruit. (laughs) I had been sitting on the jump seat with these brand new flight attendants, and the one that had been flying. He got out of training in May, and that was right before the crazy, craziest summer in the airline history ever. <laughs> Not a good time to start your career, because you're probably thinking, "Wow, this this place is crazy. Everything was canceling. We had gotten rid of so many people." Um, So many people had retired because of COVID and then everybody came back to flying before the airlines were ready. And it was basically a, it was a shit show. (laughs) Okay. It was a cluster, whatever you want to call it. It was a crazy ass summer. And so this guy's telling me, he goes, yeah, you know, I got out of training in May and half of my class has quit. And I was thinking, oh, you know, I hadn't really thought about it. But if you were brand new and everything was rerouted and you were never getting home when you were supposed to, you never knew where you were going, you were just, you know, everybody thinks about the traveling public who was extremely inconvenienced but if you're a brand new flight attendant and you know you're on reserve you're on call and you're just you're just getting used and abused and so he said one of the girls from my class she had a layover in her hometown and uh that then it was time for a pickup and they she wasn't coming down at the hotel so they finally went up and um had to have the hotel open the door and just her uniform was hanging in the closet <laughs> In her ID, she had left and gone home.
1: It was my first trip. That was back when I was New York-based, and it was in New York, Amsterdam. And on the way back, I wake up from crew rest. We're on 7-6. So I go, go to the first glass cabin cabin, brush my teeth, fix yeah. my tie. I go to the back, and the curtains are closed on both sides, which I thought was kind of weird because it was a very senior crew, and they like to talk to passengers and stuff. I open the curtain. They all have their life vest on, EPC out, and they're like, We've got 20 minutes to prepare for a ditching.
0: You say it's your first trip?
1: My first trip. Oh, and, were they joking? they were joking, and I'm like, oh my, oh my God. I just stood there and just froze. And they're like, Do you know what to say in Dutch? I'm like, Honestly, I don't know what to say in any language at this time. Like, They're like, Go grab your announcement handbook. We used to have a paper version, you know? So I'm going through the announcement handbook, frustrated, scared trying to find as soon as think possible. You are ditching on your first flight. Over the Atlantic Ocean. And I'm like, oh my God. So at one point, I was so frustrated, so like nervous. I closed the book there, and like, I was like, up. you know what? this i threw it in the galley i'm like we're just all gonna die and <laughs> i walked i walked out in the aisle and that's when they grabbed me we're just messing with you.
0: Oh, god, I, love <laughs> it. That I can't believe they had
1: their life vests on it it was it. the whole crew that was on it <laughs> I, love I was like oh okay. Okay. yeah okay yeah
0: i love that story about the life fest and one thing um, you might not have caught on because he said they had their epcs out that's um, emergency preparation checklists. And we only get those out when the S is going down. Actually, I've never gotten them out <laughs> I know in my very long career. But when he told me later, he goes, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you that when they had their life vests on and they had their emergency preparation checklists out and, and I was freaking out, the one lady, she kind of smiled a little bit and I thought, She's a sociopath. She, she just smiled when we're all going to die. So I got a travel guide, a brat travel guide for Zanzibar. And the first sentence I thought was particularly interesting. It said, Zanzibar is a magical, evocative African name like Timbuktu or Casablanca. For many travelers, the name alone is reason enough To visit. I talked to a lot of people (laughs) in the two weeks I was in Tanzania, and one of the guys was telling me about how Tanzania, like we call it, um, how the name was created. And so he was telling me, but I looked it up so that I could tell you, and uh, the name Tanzania or Tanzania was created by combining two names of two different states which came together to form one country. The two were called Tanganyika, which is the mainland, and the island of Zanzibar. The name Tanzania is derived from the first three letters of the two states, Tan and Zan, and the addition of the two vowels in the names of the two states, which is I and A to form Tanzania. Tanganyika is the combination of two words in the Swahili language of Tanga, which means to sail, and Nika, which means wilderness or uninhabited plains. Therefore, the word Tanzania loosely translates to sail into the wilderness. <laughs> This new flight attendant, I was sitting on the jump seat going to work, and uh, she said, um, Oh, this pilot told me that there's only two jobs that people never retire from a flight attendant and Santa. I thought that was really cute. So some of you might have gotten maybe some Amazon gift cards for Christmas. And if you're going to buy something on Amazon, I ask you to possibly consider being so generous to go to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. Click through any of the Amazon links. It doesn't cost you any more. It supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. This past month, somebody bought The Stupidest Angel, a heartwarming tale of Christmas terror. Interesting. Another book called No Snakes in Iceland, and a book called Vacuuming in the Nude, and other ways to get attention. Interesting. (laughs) So if you're going to buy something on Amazon, just consider going to my website, and I thank you so very much. I've been working on the holidays, which I don't have to do. I'm senior enough to have the holidays off, but you get extra pay, and my... Africa trip was quite expensive, <laughs> so it's actually nice to be able to work and make some extra money. But I, consequently, I'm flying with a lot of very new people and some not so new people, but who can't hold anyway. Just flying with a lot of very young people, and I was telling that story about the life vest because I thought it was so funny and so, I mean, it's mean, of course, but it's still funny. <laughs> but uh, this so I told it to this young girl in the galley, and she goes, "Oh." Somebody did something like that on my first day. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, great. And she said, um, the pilot, she said it was my first day. Uh, and the pilot says, uh, hey, can uh, can you do me a favor? And she's like, sure. And he goes, can you put on this vest and go out and walk around the plane and tell me if everything's okay? And she's like, Okay. <laughs> she put on the vest and was about to go out the jetway under the stairs and he's like no no no, i'm just joking you can't do that <laughs> the, probably the pilots can do that i talk to a lot of people when i'm traveling lots of times though sometimes it's unfortunate um people want to talk to you but they want to sell you something so then you get a little defensive um, and then other times they just want to talk to you i was walking and this guy was walking with me, and he said, "Um, so you're a singer? And I'm like, no. And he goes, you're not a singer? And I'm like, no, why would you think I'm a singer? And he said, because of your voice. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, no, I can't sing. And and he goes, oh, so you're a doctor. And I was thinking, that's the two things? People from the U.S. are doctors or singers? (laughs) But then again, you know, I was thinking, okie-dokie, but... Then again, I ran into a lot of doctors in Africa, maybe because they're doing, uh, one of them was doing volunteer work. He was doing reconstructive surgery um, for free. Um, So maybe there are a lot of doctors, but I thought it was rather humorous that I was either a doctor or a singer. So I was flying to Europe and working in first class, and this passenger had on these strange glasses. Um, they had, so you would have two glass frames, you know, like there's two for your eyes because you have two eyes, right? I know that's hard. I'm not saying it very, I'm not describing it very well, but every glass and every sunglass has two pieces of glass or plastic, right? But hers had four, like she had four eyes, but I'd seen her before she put these glasses on. She didn't have four eyes. Not that anybody has four eyes. I'm saying she didn't look like she had any sort of physical condition. And then she put these glasses on. And I'm I'm sitting there. I'm on my jump seat. She's right across from my jump seat. And I'm thinking, hmm, is, does she have some sort of condition? But what are these glasses? Is it a fashion statement? Because they're not attractive. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it makes you look quite odd, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I don't know if I should ask her because this could be something embarrassing. But I'm also curious. It's like one of those things where you're like, what do I do? What do I do? I don't know. I don't know. Should I say something? So I'm getting her, I'm putting her linen down and putting her drink. And I said, hey, um, do those glasses serve some sort of function? I figured that was pretty PC. And she's like, Yeah, it's for motion sickness. And I was like, Oh, really? She's like, Yeah, it's um I this way I can be on planes and cars, even on boats. And I was like, Really? because uh, I have a friend who she can't do anything because she gets sick everywhere. And I'm I'm gonna send her these glasses, but uh, I think they're called eyes on board, but motion sickness glasses, uh, she's gonna think I'm pranking her, like I'm sending her. <laughs> a joke gift but it's not a joke gift it's it's like four eyes <laughs> and according to this passenger it works
2: years ago the crew rest seats yeah on the seven 76 were on the side yes and, there was the- and
0: coach yes
2: yeah well um
0: i was the most junior going to japan i was based in portland and um we didn't really sign up for bunks right. The most junior person got the worst chair. chair yeah. It wasn't a bunk, it was a chair. And it was just a curtain, right? You see, you're junior, you didn't even know this. <laughs> this curtain, they would, yes. they would not realize, the people waiting for the bathroom would not realize there were people behind there and their butts um, would come yeah. in the curtain. <laughs> so we go to the crew rest seats. Yes.
2: And uh, it's kind of like, which, which seat right. do you want? What do you, what do you want? I'm those juniors, so I get the bad one in the front where the curtain doesn't really close. Yes. Yeah. But then I'm like, just as an off... And I hear the flight attendant behind me go, What? What? Oh my God! He's
0: peeing on me! Oh my God! This guy had wandered up there. And he'd been drinking wine. And I
2: think maybe he took an Ambien or something. Opens up the curtain and just started
0: peeing all over her. And
2: it was when we wore the dress. Mm. All down her dress. She had taken her shoes off. Pee was in her shoes. It's
0: terrible.
2: And I was like... Oh my god! I'm so glad I was in this seat. Uh, yeah, you got.
0: Good, seat, good thing you got the bad seat, just <laughs> the peeless seat. He nailed her. So then we're. We have the hippos and the crocodiles and um, there's lots of birds. I'm really enjoying myself and I learned some things on this boat safari that. I've spent quite a bit of time in Africa that I did not know. He was saying that hippos can't swim. And I'm like, what do you mean hippos can't swim? They spend almost all their time in the water. And he said, yeah, they just walk on the bottom. They say in shallow water they don't swim, they just walk on the bottom. And I was thinking, hippos can't swim? I mean, who knew? So you know, I'm on my safari with just my own guide and my own driver, feeling like I've got a private tour. And he's telling me all this stuff, which is great, also because I could ask him as many questions as I wanted because I had my own private tour. And he would talk about the animals. And he goes, "Well, all the animals have a follow me sign." And I was like, "A what sign?" He's like, "You know, a follow me sign." He's like, "So when." Oh, the animals are running. They can know who to follow. That's their type of animal. And he said, you know, like the impalas have the M on their bum and lions have, or have, um, they have darkened color behind their ears. And he said, yes, uh, they're called follow me signs. And I was thinking, who no. knew? So I've been lucky enough. We just started service, uh, to Maui, and I've been flying Maui, and it's just lovely because you know, I love to snorkel, and it's really, 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 really nice to snorkel at work. Anyway, I'm working a flight to Maui, and it's a nine hour flight. And this is something it's kind of hard to explain to passengers. It's kind of like the Star Trek theme you know, the good of the one versus the good of the many. <laughs> You're going, What are you talking about? What back up there? What I'm saying is, okay, so we had. It's a meal service, a hot meal service. And we had loaded all the meals on top of the car to go feed 250 people, right? And there's four of us. That's a lot of people to feed. And now, you know, the meals only stay hot for so long. But you, as a passenger, you're watching your movie and you're kind of thinking, hey, when are they coming with the meals and the drinks? Hey, why is this taking so long? Because we had loaded all those meals. And just then, now granted, everybody... Thinks for the about themselves. That's normal. We everybody knows that. It's like what's going on in your party, your family. So this guy had come back and said, um, right as we had loaded the meals, uh, I we need to use the wheelchair and the wheelchair bathroom. And it's kind of for us. It's like because this is a big ordeal. I've talked about this in previous podcasts. It takes a while. You got to get the people out of two bathrooms. You got to unlock the door. You got to open the door to make the bathroom bigger. And this is no fast process. And now we have 250 meals loaded, ready to start. But you can't tell the guy that The person in his party who needs a wheelchair, he can't say, oh, you can't use it now. Of course, of course not. So we go to run and try to hurry to get this done. But it's just not a fast process because you can't hurry up the people that are in the bathroom to get out. And uh, the purser in charge, in coach, made a what seemed like a wise decision. So she said, "Okay, so there was there is the possibility of taking all the meals, which isn't a fast process, put them back in the oven to wait till we're done with this wheelchair thing. And she said, hey, this is what we'll do. You guys get the wheelchair bathroom ready, which means taking down the wall in between two bathrooms to make it one big bathroom so the wheelchair can get in there. And she goes, but just lock off the other side. So when they're done with the wheelchair, we'll just leave it like this so that if another passenger needs to go in, they just see a big bathroom with two toilets and the other side is locked off. So it's really not a problem. And then we can deal with it after we deal with the good of the many, which is the meals and the beverages. And we were like, oh, okay. So we took the time, got the people out of the bathrooms, undo the wall, and uh, get the wheelchair so now they can go in there, they can do their business, whatever, and then we'll just leave the bathroom like that until we're done with the meals, you know, the good of the many. And when I talk about this, the good of the many, I'm going to back up just a second. It's not just that incident. This happens a lot where you have 250 individuals that all have their own needs. And sometimes it's important. So then you have to have the good of the many has to wait because you got something important happening with this one passenger, you know, so everybody else just has to wait. So back to the wheelchair. So now we think we're good. We're out there doing the meal and beverages. The nice guy had helped me with the, getting the, this nice male flight attendant helped me get the wall down He had been going back to get more meals or whatever. And uh, he thought that I had replaced the wall because he looked in and the wall was back. And so he thought, oh, okay, she did it. Must have like when I'd gone back to get something, we're on different aisles. So he went over and unlocked the other bathroom. Now, I had not done anything. I guess we had to surmise later because later we're done with the service, I said, oh, so you got the wall? And he goes, no, uh, you got the wall. And I'm like, I didn't get the wall. And he's like, Well, I didn't get the wall. I thought you got the wall because it was back, so I unlocked the other side and I was like, (gasps) (gasps) Because now now we got another situation to deal with here because a passenger apparently went in there, thought it seemed weird that there were two toilets and two sinks with the wall and it just I we assume he put the wall back, but he can't lock it. Isn't it wait, lock it? So now we have an unlocked wall between two bathrooms where two strangers were you know they moving around there they could open that wall mistakenly and then you have two people partially dressed whatever so we were like "Ah!" run back up there we got to wait till the people come out luckily nothing happened but that was potentially a really bad situation we were in the crew van going uh, to the hotel in Maui. Yay, Maui. Love Maui. Hadn't been in so long. Just love the air there. Oh, I got to see a sea turtle. So fun. And the pilot's telling a story. We We were on the topic of There used to be a a thing that there were stories about pilots being cheap and from the military or whatever, but it's really not the case anymore. In general, pilots are very generous. They make a lot of money. It's not really a thing, but we were talking about it and he said, oh yeah, a long time ago, a pilot friend of mine, his kid went for a sleepover to a friend's house and uh, he comes home and the pilot friend of his says to the kid, 'Ah, so how was it? He goes... The kid goes, oh, it was fun. You know, we had pancakes. And get this, they have giant bars of soap. (laughs) Because the cheap pilot only had the little ones from the hotel.
2: (laughs) It was a long time ago when I was in um, Hartsford, uh, Connecticut, EDL. We were on our way to Detroit. And the Detroit airport shut down for oh. snow, and yeah. that's not something that normally happens. So that means it was pretty bad. So we'd already taxied out, and we were on our way there, and had to stop. Right. So of course, everybody is, you know, wondering what's going on, yeah. and you know, they need to get there. They have connections. And you always right. get to hear. Them. So I'm one of those flight attendants. I like to walk through the aisle constantly because you can stop them from everybody from getting upset um, a lot of times. Which is
0: very nice to be.
2: Yeah, just watch things. So there's one lady, and I'm playing games and, hey, safety games. Um, where is the oxygen mask fall? People are telling me, and I'm handing them snacks, just making it fun. So I get to this one row where the lady is like, I don't like flying. Like, because uh, um, I, you know, I, I need to get there, and, and I should have phoned someone else. I said, "No, ma'am, the whole airport shut down. It's not an airline, uh, airline yep. specific thing." And uh, so she's like, "I should have just not, you know, I'm going to miss my connection." I said, "Ma'am, if, if we can't get in there, and nobody else can get in and out, you know, so there's a good chance you might make it." And she's just saying all this stuff. Of course, now she's at everybody's attention, and everybody's looking. At, and I'm just really trying to deflate the situation. I said, "Ma'am, if they say it's not safe to go in, it really shouldn't be safe for any of yeah. us to go in." And she's still just upset because she had to get somewhere. So she didn't have somebody beside her, and her window was open. So I lean across her and look up into the sky, and I said, "Will you please stop snowing so this lady can get to Detroit?" <laughs> Everybody around laughed, and then she laughed. I was like, oh, good things. I mean, I had to run out of things to say.
0: You had to and bring God into right, it. Right,
2: I did, but I didn't know what else to do. I, and she, then she actually apologized. She said, oh, I am so sorry. I don't know how much sound. I should really have to get where I'm going. I said, I totally understand, um, but I promise, as soon as it's safe, we're going to get there. Yeah,
0: you'll ask God. Right,
2: right. <laughs> and that was... That was-
0: a more controversial subject. One of the first things I noticed in the first day or two is, boy, there's B.O. body odor galore. also thought about calling this episode B.O. galore, but I think that might be offensive. <laughs> I think starfish and passion fruit is less offensive, but uh, my goodness, you know, it's very hot in Tanzania. It's hot. And lots of places there. are Isn't air conditioning and you do anything outside for any length of time. If you're not wearing deodorant and the local people do not wear deodorant, you could smell the BO from like half a block away. It was like, wow, that's strong. Uh, But then I got to thinking. A lot of these people are very poor. And something I never think about, maybe you never think about, but deodorant is kind of like a luxury. I mean, it's also cultural. Some cultures don't believe in deodorant. But also, if you only have so much money, you know, that deodorant is like a durable good. I mean, it's like uh, that it that sometimes you forget that some people might not be able to afford deodorant. I was on my commuter flight to work it's a short flight and um you know i'm on the plane all the time and lots of times people don't really think about where they are um what can happen like what happens on landing people just don't think about anything and uh lots of times things go flying forward because people don't have it uh stowed properly lots of times it's um AirPods, we lose those all the time. Cell phones, lots of water bottles. But this flight, I'm sitting in the back of the plane, and from the back of the plane went a to-go lunch, like a to-go styrofoam container went all the way from the back of the plane, super fast, all the way up to the cockpit. And then the flight attendant got on the PA and said, Whatever passenger sent us the sandwich and fries on landing. Thank you very much. So, on the trip uh, to Africa on the island of Mafia, I stayed at the Kanasi Lodge. Very nice. And it's a small lodge, so you get to know the other people staying there. And there were two young girls, you know, um, relatively young, young, a lot younger than me. But I really enjoyed their company. And one of them, Amanda, wrote me a story for the podcast. How nice is that of you, Amanda? She wrote, I used to travel a lot to East Africa for work. A few years ago, on a particularly long overnight flight, I was sitting in the aisle seat and diagonal from me in the center of the row was a kind older gentleman. It was a relatively empty flight, so we ended up exchanging some pleasantries before takeoff. After the dinner services, I put on my headphones to try to sleep when I hear this very loud elevator-like music coming from the direction of the kind older gentleman. As you know, it's quite rude to play your music sans headphones in the middle of the night when I'm trying to sleep. As I take off my eye mask and peer over to see what in the world he's doing, I see that he's looking at his phone. And on his phone is a naked woman on a swing. As I'm staring at him and at the phone, the woman swings back and then swings forward and her vagina is right there on the screen. Like it's taking up the entire screen. And he's watching it as if it's an everyday video thing that you would do in a public place. There's no one sitting in the row. So he continues to watch his porn as I quickly put my eye mask back on and turn up the music in my headphones and try to forget what I just witnessed. Somehow, I eventually fell asleep, even with the elevator music still faintly playing in the background. The moral of the story, number one. Don't forget your noise-canceling headphones at home. And number two, be wary of overly kind older gentlemen on long flights. <music> this hotel, I was so excited. After our little briefing, um, the room was really nice. Everywhere I went, they put out flowers on your bed, fresh flowers. It's just oh, it's like hospitality is in their blood in Africa. It's just they really treat you like a princess. It's just... Lovely. So um, I was all impressed with my room, but I had been snorkeling in the place before and I had wet clothes. So one of the first things I did while I was unpacking was to go out on the balcony. Um, They had like a drying rack out there, which is very nice. So I was going to put my swimsuit and my rash guard out there so it could start to dry. And then I realized I'm locked out on the second floor balcony. It's like, okay. (laughs) And uh, at one point, I'm like looking around, going, oh, can I climb down from here? (laughs) I'm wearing a skirt. Yeah, I'm going to just climb down and actually the hotel before there was a little sign that had a little sign with a little person so it's for all the languages basically don't climb down and here I was thinking why would anybody climb down I mean nobody why would you climb down off the second story balcony and now I'm looking around going how do I climb down off the second story balcony but instead I was just like help (laughs) hello (laughs) anybody (laughs) anybody hello (laughs) hello You feel so stupid. But anyway, I did get somebody, and I'm like, I, I, I can't get it. I'm locked out here. <laughs> Help! Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye.